0: Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.
1: The following is a presentation of the Four Center Podcast Feed.
2: From the center of the galaxy, this is Four Center Podcast Feed. I'm Kevin Absalom.
3: I'm Joseph Scrimshaw, and this is one of our News and Cues episodes. We have some great cues, or questions, if you like saying the full word, and news. Oh, my, Ken, we just had some late-breaking news that just broke all over the place.
1: Uh,
2: I did. I, I'm glad you and I are actually friends and not just podcast <laughs> partners, because we are chit-chatting uh, and, and catching up when uh, this additional information broke. And we thought maybe we were going to have a lighter news week, some fun rumor speculation to talk about. We got some actual news to discuss as we lead up to November 12th, Disney plus day, which we are pretty sure there's going to be news coming our way. So we're oh, going to yes. get to all of that, all of that in just a second. Before we do that, we want to remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30 day, free trial at audibletrial.com slash 4Center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A little bit later, as always, we'll have a 4Center recommends an audiobook uh, we think you should try out on us. But of course, that's not all, Joseph. No,
3: it never is. There's always more. And the more today is an offer from Insight Editions. They're a publisher of a ton of great Star Wars books. They are offering 35% off across their website if you use this specific link, insighteditions.com slash discount slash 35. This week, we're recommending the Insight Editions book, Secrets of the Sith. Have you ever just wanted to see Palpatine journal his feelings? Well, then Secrets of the Sith is for you. Again, you can use this link, insighteditions.com slash discount slash FC 35.
2: Use it, my friends, and learn the secrets of Sheev Palpatine's soul. Kind of. At <laughs> just perspective. Uh, before we get to that big news, of course, we always like to catch up with Star Wars or Life Adventures and often uh, how they interact. Uh, we should say we had a lot of fun over the weekend being part of the 2021 Potathon, put on by the Bombadcast and Around the Galaxy. Long, all-day stream. We were there uh, during the early portion of the show talking with Scotty and Jerry uh, from Bombadcast about Phantom Menace. And it was just uh, part of the Star Wars adventure for me, Joseph, and, and, and perhaps for you. was just seeing uh, a positive Star Wars community come together to do good for the Make-A-Wish Foundation and just celebrate this wild franchise that we're all part of, you know?
3: Yeah, absolutely. It was a ton of fun uh, to to be, uh, we came into uh, the studio with you, so it was fun to just uh, be there in, purpose, uh, in person, uh, yes. with a purpose. Uh, <laughs> we made a great exchange. Uh, I, I got a Grief cargo action figure that you had <laughs>
2: right. very kindly picked up for me. <laughs> I, I love having a good Star Wars friend in your life where you can just text uh, uh, from a, a target, do you still need grief? <laughs>
3: I need Star Wars grief so bad, and now I have Star Wars grief in plastic, that was great, and yes, it was just a thank you uh, for the invitation to from uh, Bombad podcast, and uh, it was great to have a really joyful conversation about the Phantom
2: Menace. Yeah, a lot of fun, a lot of fun indeed. Uh, did you have any other specific Star Wars and life adventures, sir?
3: I had another just action figure adventure that was uh was fun and meaningful to me. Of uh, I got an email from eBay. And it didn't start as a fun email. It was one of those like, hey, you have not logged into eBay in so long. We're just going to cancel your account <laughs> unless you log back in. And normally that's like, ah, oh, well, I might need it for something. And I'm sure I have my old, you know, sign in buried somewhere. i oh, grumble, grumble, grumble. So uh, I did that. And then uh, I realized like, there is a, a figure that I've been looking for that doesn't pop up on Amazon. Uh, or other places that I just Google searched. Uh, so I searched uh, eBay for it, and I found it for uh, far less expensive than it's going uh, other places, even in other eBay sales. And uh, it was very funny because it was uh, um, the bid deadline was coming up right when we were about to record this past <laughs> Friday. So I was like, we're having our chit-chat, we're getting ready, and I had to be honest with you too. Of like, uh, i like, I know we're going to press record, but I just got to hit this bid on this Star Wars action figure. <laughs> Uh, and uh, I, I won the bid, the action figures on its way. It's actually a two pack and it is, uh, obviously a kind of figure that I like in general. It's, uh, around 2013, 2014. I don't remember which actual year, but it's, a uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi and Maul, uh, from the Clone Wars animated series, but done mm-hmm. kind of in the realistic style. It's yeah. a cool action figure set. But the big significant personal thing for me is I was totally out of touch. Uh, with the clone wars animated series at that point in my life when that action figure came out i went to a target in minneapolis uh right before we moved to los angeles and i saw this and like oh that's cool and like wait that's a that's kind of different looking mall he's got some stuff going on with his waist (laughs) (laughs) he looks like he's got some you know uh it's a big kid pants he pulled up a little high in his waist what's this and i looked at the back of the figure like what maul is back it was this action figure that let me know that maul is back and that i really need to catch up on the clone wars animated series uh and i was just not in a collecting space at that time so i just like i I marveled at the figure and took a picture of it (laughs) and put it down now that i'm back in collecting mode i needed
2: to have that that set yeah you gotta go back you gotta go back and right or wrong (laughs) exactly (laughs) it's never too late to go back (laughs) no figure is ever really gone
3: no figure is ever really gone in fact it is on its way to my apartment that is crowded with action
2: figures which is
3: great so that was my star wars adventure how
2: about you well i my star wars adventure does involve force center work but it's um and i might talk about this later on uh just kind of my own rambling style spotlight star wars because uh it's, it, it's been a, it's been a weekend, Joseph, I, uh, you know, without saying uh, uh, too much, I've been I, I've been trying to finally dig in and correct the Force Center broken file saga. <laughs> if people have been following us for a while, when we made the switch to Anchor back in late 2019, something went wrong with the transition. Anchor's Greg, Whatever happened to be with them, all those kind of things. But uh, something happened. And a lot of I mean, hundreds of our 1000 plus Force Center episodes had broken files. Uh, we don't know what happened. They don't know what happened. We went through many uh, rounds of IT discussions, and, uh, and the end, end result was, eh, we can't fix it. And so it's been frustrating. But I have all the files somewhere at some point in time. You had a lot of files. So finally, they're all one location. Uh, we have a, a essentially a external hard drive that's so powerful it seems like a droid now that, uh, <laughs> is helping with the test. So I have been going back and proud to say 2015, 2016, 2017 are all corrected. If you find one during that era that's not, well, yeah, just reach out and let us know, uh, especially on Discord. But I, uh, I had a lot of fun. And because of that, I had to go back and listen to bits and pieces of some of the episodes to make sure I had the right file, things like that. And other than the quality, uh, the sound quality is different back then. Different mics for me, different recording style. I've learned a lot. All those kind of things I can say as, as, as an engineer side, which I'm uh, not born to be a sound engineer. Um, <laughs> I, You know, that you just got to gotta. gotta Punt, and, uh, punt the ball and realize whatever. It's, the shows sound a little different back then. But it was also the content. And I stumbled onto some moments reflecting just a different time in my Star Wars fandom and a time that I am uh, still excited about, which is that speculation side. What does that mean on that poster? Is that hose does that is that her standing like palpatine and it <laughs> might have been a little more right than we knew but whether planned or not all those kind of stuff it's the plague staff of it all joseph and i just heard some clips of myself that I had a little cringe to it but then again as a creative who doesn't cringe when you look back at old things you've done from time to time uh but it's been interesting just to mark we, we, we've been doing force center now six years uh eight uh, coming up on our eighth broadcast season and i'm Actually, I, I decided to embrace it and I'm proud of the, I will not say change, like I left it all behind, but just a growth and an expansion of the way in which I take in Star Wars, watch Star Wars and talk about Star Wars. You and I've been discussing that uh, sometimes every now and then uh, it comes up on the show, but it was in my face hearing my own voice go, that's that was that, got to be Plagueis' staff. If not, why would she have it? And <laughs> just a lot of those things <laughs> that are on record. So I can't deny them. And again, are part of the fun and things we will continue to do. We love reading those tea leaves with all of you there, but now uh, it, it's in a different spot. So I don't know. It was an unintentional, uh, reflective path for me this weekend.
3: I understand. It, it is so important to have those moments of just uh, seeing your own evolution because sometimes you're aware of it in the moment, but especially if you look uh, back over years, you're not aware of it and you just kind of uh, remember it a certain way. I know I've had that a uh, thing with um, – Every once in a while, uh, one of my uh plays that I wrote uh, and, and performed will get uh picked up to somebody else in the country wants to produce it. And, you know, in the last couple of years, I've been like, ah, it's it's a long time since I wrote that. So let me look at that and going like, oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. I would not write that. J- you know what? That joke will work with a slightly different framing. So let's do that. And like those those moments uh, where you are your memory (laughs) of where you were at with the kind of evidence of where you're at uh, are presented. (laughs) Those are powerful and good. And I think evolving is good. And and I so agree with you of um, you're celebrating your evolution of kind of how you take in Star Wars, how you look at Star Wars. Uh, But the speculation part of it will always be fun. And uh, I look forward to quite possibly being very wrong about some of the news stories we're talking about where I'm going to yeah. speculate
2: today. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We're going to speculate. So, and, and not to delay the news story anymore. Some of you are probably coming in here to check our takes on these big, big, uh, big news stuff. Uh, but you know, this is what we do. This is a podcast. We love hanging out and we love connecting and connecting and talking with all of you. So uh, that was my journey. Uh, the growth will continue, Joseph. The growth will continue. I hope. Uh, but Hey, it's like if Luke Skywalker went back and looked at himself on Tatooine and been like, <laughs> Man, 18-year-old me was, didn't get it, didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all such a long way from here. Yep. <laughs> it is, it is. All right, with that, let's get into Star Wars news. And like I said, we had some stuff planned, and one of the stories was just going to be a wild rumor we were going to talk about. There's some interesting things to it. And that wild rumor, now maybe not as wild, still some of it a rumor. Let's get into this, Joseph. Uh, this began uh, with uh, Star Wars news Net. and we uh, like that uh, website. We like those folks over there, the Resistance Broadcast, the whole gang over there. Always a, a great source to just uh, go to uh, – to, to get all the Star Wars news, and, and they always present it, even if rumors, they present it in good fashion. So highly recommend you check out them if you don't. And they ran with the story. I say that like an old-timey type, timey press. They ran with this story here yeah? um, that was from uh, this big-screen leaks, this Twitter account that's been going around, and, and they were claiming – uh Lucasfilm is a new movie going into production in 2022 and they've kind of been uh it's been uh, developed in uh, secrecy clandestine project here which you know a lot of things for Lucasfilm are currently being developed and we don't know. Uh but that was uh, this was going to be for that December 20 uh, 2023 release date that was slotted for Patty Jenkins Rogue Squadron um and that uh, they the, the 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 article did uh, speculate on hey Patty Jenkins has been busy workload all those kind of things could have something to do with it they want to get the script right they're working with what's that Matthew uh Ro- Robinson or Robinson right um sorry I didn't write that part of the story down my bad yeah uh,
3: that is correct
2: that's correct uh and uh then the so well the rumor then goes on to say hey uh, for further proclaims that the project could be related to the old Republic and that rogue squadron still going strong it just might be moved and that it's this movie uh for this December 2023 slot was not the Feige led movie or Taika Waititi's film, but another project. All right, Joseph, that was before we pressed record or about (laughs) to. And then uh, we uh, usually record on Mondays, release on Tuesday. You four center friends know that. uh, but as we are literally chit-chatting, how was your weekend? Oh, I had spaghetti. Uh, what did you do? <laughs> uh, io9 uh, put out an article which actually connects to the source uh, is The Hollywood Reporter. And The Hollywood Reporter is saying that Rogue Squadron uh, has been delayed. Uh, not necessarily moved. It's been delayed. We have no other, hey, it's going to be in 2024. Nothing. Just it has been Delayed um sources say the producers and filmmaking team came to the realization that jenkins schedule and other commitments couldn't allow for the window needed to make the movie in uh, 2022 to be released in 2023 kind of all that's to the story i mean this is a big this is big the hope is that one jenkins fulfills her previous commitments to be able to return to the project so this is a production hold hold please uh this is what's going on she's working on for on wonder woman 3 the Cleopatra feature, uh, probably among other things. She's uh, she's busy. She's one of those uh, top of the food chain kind of directors and producers right now. And this is what kind of happens. So, Joseph, uh, I'm going to dump all of this onto the table <laughs> like a game of Scrabble. We're going to pick out letters and see what we can make of this. Uh, what do you make of this from uh, a little bit of a distance here? What do you think?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think it is. uh, It is very interesting that there is these rumbles about the movie production schedule changing, and they were just rumbles and rumors. And suddenly, uh, the 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 rumbles burst Mm. forth like a giant news hand uh, slumbering under the ground, and we can see the fingers. A weird metaphor, uh, but yeah, I think it's it's it's. This is. I think I'm partially just fascinated with the process of how we get news and how we uh, assess news and uh what's a rumor where is it being sourced from you know what are the sources that, who is reporting the rumor what are the rumor sources and yeah. then uh something like this that it seems uh much more concrete that it is um on hold i i kind of feel like for me obviously they're they're saying that uh patty jenkins schedule and that absolutely might be true if uh, you know obviously Wonder Woman is close to her heart uh things are constantly in motion over at uh the DC mm. <laughs> wing of our popular culture if yeah. there's some pressure there to say like actually we really want Wonder Woman uh moving here right yeah. um or if personally Patty Jenkins is like I really want this Cleopatra movie I, I want you know so absolutely it could be exactly exactly as what uh this article is saying what what they're you know the reps are clearly putting out mm. um mm. Uh, I also just think from the Star Wars perspective, this is, it'd be one thing if uh, a bunch of other movies were announced, you know, and they all had rock solid dates. I, I think this, this film is special because after this massive sea change of our entertainment industry, where so much of it is now streaming, where Star mm. Wars is going so strong on Disney plus, this is the big comeback to the theatrical event, Star Wars, right?
2: Yeah.
3: Um, so I feel like for me, if it's Patty Jenkins side of it, it is really like, Hey, I want to, I want to take a break. Um, yeah. I'm not ready yet, but also there's, there is that I feel like Lucasfilm is not going to move forward, uh, with any big movie Star Wars movie until the, the script is rock solid. Right. Right. And so there's a, a bit of it for me too, of like, um, I wonder where the script is at, you mm-hmm. know, I wonder if, you know, they're heading into production. Is it also, is it a question of Patty Jenkins' schedule, as well as a question of, oh, we're reading the tea leaves. Is this, are we really happy with this script? Are we really happy with this era? Is this the right movie to say, hey, you can watch an unimaginable amount of Star Wars on your couch, but this is the reason you should come back to the theater. Or for younger people, come to the theater, maybe for the first
2: time to see Star Wars. <laughs> right. ah, uh, That's actually legitimate. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't even know where to begin. And this is where I'm actually glad I'm not in my old day job where I used to have to uh, speculate on meetings. I'm not a part of, right. Uh, this is uh, probably been something going on. Uh, go to our badges behind the scenes. And this is not something number one, that's been official. We always like to say, go to starwars.com to see what's official, see what they're putting out or, uh, you know, see what uncle Bob uh, one of them has uh, tweeted out and, and uh, at this point, uh, we we do trust a source like uh, The Help Reporter and then io9 running with it. Like, so I'm going to consider this legit. And I i am someone who is really looking forward to this movie on the initial like, oh, OK, that, that was OK. And then that, that uh, uh, very successful teaser of um, Patty Jenkins putting on the flight suit and talking about yeah. the relation to her father. And then the X-Wing, I, I was moved by that and was really excited to get the story. So I think more than anything, I'll start by saying this. T- I'm just kind of bummed to hear this kind of news. Uh, If it's delayed or something happens and it's not even ever made, like, okay, I was looking forward to this. But you're so right. There's so much business to it. Let's not forget this pandemic thing that has (laughs) changed a lot of things in the last couple of years and when you can do things and how you can do things. uh, And that could have pushed back Wonder Woman 3, Cleopatra, any of those other things Patty Jenkins and and, and her team is working on uh, could have made this a little bit more difficult. And I'd rather if it's just a matter of it's not right at this point. And we need to move it back. That's obviously what I'm always going to side on. I'm always going to um, do that. Um, I think I get a little tense too, knowing the some of the discussion points that I'm <laughs> sure. sure will come out of this. Yes, and and Lucasfilm has uh, a, you know at best an interesting track record going uh, in this era, going back to even Josh Trank uh, and whatever that was, uh, and on and and. But I personally come down the side of I I, I really support a uh, not just one person, but a a, a production house, (laughs) a company that knows its franchise and knows what's best for it uh, and not as they know better than us, but in that sense of if they're seeing something, whether it's schedule, whether it's content, script, like you said, that's not working at this point in time. I trust that they're going to do what's right. And I'll start there on this rumor as well. You know, Uh, if it's uh, true, I'm a little disappointed, sad, but also I'm uh, comfortable with it.
3: Yeah, no, I, th- I think you're really right to go to the content, uh, you know, of the film. What's, what's it about? What level of excitement did we have, too? Because that's, you know, just as important to talk about his fans as fans as is our uh, tea leaf reading of, you know, the behind the scenes. Because, you know, we yeah. aren't doing this podcast uh, because we love <laughs> behind the scenes Hollywood stories. We, we do this podcast because we love Star Wars. Yeah. Um, and you're so right. I'm really intrigued by so many things about Rogue Squadron. Uh, Obviously, in books and video games, the stories that just uh, feature the pilots are something that has been just phenomenally successful for books and video games. So it makes total sense to bring that focus on that little part of the big tapestry of Star Wars to the screen. And I was really thrilled for that. I love the idea of getting a movie where you really, really know every pilot so those great dog fights are so tense because you don't want that person to blow up. You know, I feel bad for Porkins, but man, if I knew Porkins life story, I'd be heartbroken. And that makes uh, a rogue squadron to me just really fascinating. And that video that Patty Jenkins did and knowing that she had that personal connection and her heart was in it. There's a lot in this film uh, to really be excited about as a fan, but I think it because uh, there've been ups and downs behind the scenes. Um, which I don't, I mean, I only care about so much because I think, you know, your measurement of whether a film is good or not, personally, is the film, not the articles, right? Yeah. <laughs> not the behind the scenes. But I also, as a fan, know that there's so much discussion of the behind the scenes and there has been a lot of turnaround behind the scenes that I really just kind of want for Lucasfilm, for Star Wars, to whatever whatever the next thing on the big screen uh, is for it just to be clean <laughs> yeah, and to have there be none of this kind of distraction. Right. Um, so yeah. if there's any bumps and I have no, you know, the, um, the star Wars news net article from big screen leaks, uh, you know, has some reporting that, uh, the script is still being worked on so you know maybe it is a thing where mm-hmm. the script is like "Ooh, are we right in the same place and petty jenkins is like all right if you want more time in the script that's cool i'll do wonder woman first <laughs> see yeah. you in a bit you know it could yeah. be absolutely no big deal uh mm-hmm. and i would almost prefer that than yeah a bunch of you know uh, reporting of of head butting because i think that's you know gonna be hard for star wars
2: yeah. 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 And, and I think you're being wonderfully honest there of just uh, even us in our in our position, here, force center of just like this creates a, a narrative, whatever does come out, you know, and if it doesn't quite, you know, win an Oscar, uh, a hard, a hard, uh, a <laughs> hard thing for any film to do, uh, it will be viewed as well, you know, this and that. And so and so said this and so and so made a bad decision. And I think we all kind of get a little tired of those uh, narratives that come out of this these kind of situations so i'm hoping for the best too, whatever's in his place but hey i guess we should talk about the other side of that rumor huh of what we might should. be in his place yes yeah so again this was prior to this story let's be clear prior to this story uh star wars news net uh, the, i'm talking about the story today about jenkins star wars news net ran this thing from uh big screen leaks i'm not too familiar with it other than this uh twitter site that's been kind of whoever it is, putting stuff out, and they have a good track record. Now, I don't like getting into the scoop game. I don't uh, pay attention to it. But I also know, and Joseph, you know, people know things in this town, and sometimes people might want to take that information and use it to their advantage. Oh, Just
3: yes. the way of it. Uh, yes, you- absolutely.
2: Yeah, you hear things, uh, you've heard things in coffee shops. I mentioned recently, I was at a, a premiere after party and someone, an extra, showed me some pictures of a project. I was like, you shouldn't be showing me that. <laughs> uh, it just happens. Um, so when a, a, a mysterious site like this is is accurate, uh, uh, even within a certain degree, I, I understand. And, and, and I don't want to disparage that. So they ran with this thing, big screen leak saying uh, this old Republic era, story could be what's in its place could be what's coming out in 2023 which could go into production 2022 uh and I was gonna ask before the the second part of the story that we discussed up top about the Patty Jenkins stuff I was gonna say Joseph does, does this even sound reasonable for Lucasfilm to be like surprise we got a movie for you um so what do you think about that is that reasonable at all <laughs> uh yeah
3: you know what I Think it is. Uh, I think it is reasonable from this perspective. It sounds like with all the different um, uh, rumors and/or confirmations or half confirmations that Lucasfilm wisely has had many different scripts in development, yep. in many different conversations in development. So for me, it is it isn't totally out of the realm of possibility of like, well, we got we kind of caught this cooking. We, we ordered this script. Just in case, just to yeah. explore, and then uh Rogue Squadron shifts for whatever reason it does, and they go, This script is actually rock solid.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> we, you know, the this team of people that is Lucasfilm and Kathleen Kennedy, you know, you you read those art of books and you see that there's discussions, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you you read the art of Rise of Skywalker and you see, you know, Floney weighing in, not not telling JJ what to do, but like, yeah, here, here's my feedback, right? I mean, there's a there's a team. Yeah. Um and if, if that team that I think, in my opinion, does a good job of guarding that Lucas spirit of always evolution, always trying something new, but also respect for the old and balancing it. And there's this unique cocktail that is Star Wars. If, if that uh, team looked at a script for an old Republic movie and said, yeah, actually, <laughs> yeah. rock solid, thumbs up we we've been talking to some directors it hasn't broken yet in any of the trades but we've been talking to some directors and in that world it wouldn't surprise me if they're if they Mm -hmm. were announcing yeah we just decided to do old republic we're ordering a script now i'd be like yeah maybe but i think there is a possibility that the script is solid and they've got some directors who are interested then it's in a doable amount of time to hit uh december of 2023 i think
2: yeah. And plus these days, sometimes I forget we're not we're not making movies uh, back in the old days. And I'm even talking about in 90s, 80s, 70s, where, you know, we shot it. Now we're going to go edit it. You know, we know they were editing on set <laughs> for Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. It can get turned around a little bit faster now. Uh, so there's that. And I love what you're saying about, hey, you know, we we know they're working on things. We We I love those cryptic. T- tweets from even uh, Pablo saying hey, what you guys are gonna be talking about five years from now I'm working on today in my desk yeah. you know red line <laughs> or something you know um that's just the way of it so that even kind of excites me I personally throwing like that logic of of being being in and around and I've never produced a, a big major motion picture mind you but being around this town for 24 years now uh you know I I would love if they pulled one over on all of us <laughs> <laughs> Just like, surprise! would be real. I actually think it would be real. I'd giggle with glee. Uh, but to one of the points you brought up about, hey, stuff in, in development and, and stuff already been working, I, I, I wanted to highlight back in 2019 – uh, BuzzFeed ran with the article that uh, screenwriter and producer uh, Leda Calagridis, who behind uh, Alter Carbon, uh, Shutter, uh, Shutter Island, uh, Leda Battle Angel, among many other things, had been brought in, had been maybe commissioned to work on a what was called then a New Old Republic era story. Those Those kind of things pop up. All the time and including, you know, Ryan Johnson getting a trilogy. <laughs> they come, they go. They flitter away like, uh, you know, sparks from a fire. But if that's there and that was something that was going on back then, and you you know that if, if, if this story's come out in 2019, they were having conversations and things might have been worked on even before that. Uh, similar to, by the way, they didn't wake up today and decide to move Rogue Squadron. <laughs> right. <laughs> These are things they've probably been dealing with for a while. I mean, we even know now, going back to, you know, the, the Lord and Miller, Ron Howard transition, uh, there's evidence and people saying things. I think Ron Howard even says somewhere like he was hired months before the announcement. Uh, we know this. This we know. Uh, Alden cast months before it was announced even. So I, all this, all, all that to say, uh, not being in these meetings again, it syncs up to, it could be a voila, surprise. Uh, and uh, uh, then we could talk also about what it would mean if it was the old Republic era. And the other thing I'll say, sorry, I'm rambling. Monologues. No, no, please. We're, we're trading rambles, trading rambles. Um, the, the, We know that a, a remastered version of Knights of the Old Republic is coming out. And I do wonder, too, I know. And there was one tweet I saw today of there's going to be some re, maybe remastered shorts uh, from the game. I saw something uh, today uh, on a, a news site I, I didn't see. You know, I hadn't had coffee yet. Um, I, I wonder too if there could be wires crossing. If there is some old Republic promotional stuff coming out uh, that could be tied to to the game, that uh, just makes sense. Maybe it's a movie. But also, again, going back to this 2019 story uh, of Lato uh yeah, there could be more to it there too. So uh, meat on a rumor bone, you know what I mean? Yeah,
3: yeah, and it might just be. No, we're we're waiting for a while. It might not be December 2023 at all, but. Uh, This rumor excites me. Again, huge, huge uh, rumor, rumor caveats. I would be, uh, as a fan, thrilled if they announced, uh, whether it's 2023 or, you know, get into um, bumping around Avatar chaos (laughs) 2024. Uh, I love that I get to say things like bumping around Avatar. Anyway, uh, I'm so excited about Old Republic. Um, I, I would be... A little more concerned if they announced it was a direct adaptation of Knights of the Old Republic because I think people Same. have such strong feelings about it. And there's a big part of me of like, let that beloved game just be that beloved game. You have yeah. thousands of years, you know, to, mm-hmm. to play it. Um, but as I've said many times, I think Star Wars has to have this great balance of the old and new, mm-hmm. a return to the big screen where you have the absolute familiarity of it's a bunch of force users with lightsabers and they're having a big war <laughs> and there's just tons and tons of elbow room uh, yeah. for uh, Dexter jetster elbow rooms worth of room for any story you want to tell in that era, you know, without being yeah. limited by, by something else that's in development. Right. Yeah. Uh, so you got all this sort of familiarity and you got this room for the new with the characters, but then you have just to me, this perfect blend of the old and the new of it's force users with lightsabers, but what there are hundreds of red lightsabers, right? Yeah. The, the idea of a a whole army of Sith and a whole army of Jedi is to me, just that perfect, like for a casual Star Wars fan, like, wow, Very familiar, but also I haven't seen that before. And I think if you're a more engaged Star Wars fan, what that means for the philosophy of the Jedi and Sith living through that era means fresh storytelling.
2: Yeah, I'm going to follow you down that excited path. And I've been someone who, number one, has never played that game. Not too familiar with Old Republic. Read the first Bane novel. That's about as far as I got. It wasn't for lack of interest. It just was at a point, point in my Star Wars life I wasn't paying attention as close. I was like, I'm good. I'm good. Other things going on. And I've always said, I'm excited. If Lucasfilm decides to do it in any kind of form and it's new, it's not a remastered game, but it's like, Hey, we're doing this uh, dawn of the Jedi order, whatever. I'd be really excited uh, because any trepidation I've about, I don't know. I have to admit like that game, the Knights of the Republic, the, some of the fandom around that game, sometimes I don't know if I line up with what they take from star Wars. Right. Which doesn't mean they're wrong or I'm right. Or vice versa, just means I'm not in sync sometimes with those people right. that I know. That I know, in my life, we're like, oh, that was a great Star Wars story. Like, I think you like evil people winning. I'm not sure. <laughs> Let me check with you later. Um, I'm excited that Star Wars. that looks like, w- would know how to. This is the right way to do it, and keep that hope versus fear, and hope and family and home, and all those things we love about Star Wars, uh, and put it into this era. I'm excited about that. And if this is finally the time, that's why I think I, w- I w- not only be excited, I would love a. Surprise! I would just giggle with Glee.
3: Yeah. I think the other thing for me is whatever the next Star Wars on the big screen is, it's really entering uh, this challenging world of a suddenly massively changed entire entertainment industry yeah. with streaming, right? Yeah. Um Disney Plus is on solid ground, and, and they're going to have a bunch of Star Wars. Star Wars is going to clearly live happily on Disney Plus for, you know, the foreseeable future. It's doing all but- right yeah doing all right we're all excited about the announcements all that yeah Yeah. so the question then of how do they produce a movie that rekindles the theatrical experience magic that uh, is this this very specific uh uh fine line of this has to feel so huge and so cinematic like an event that you have to see on the big screen Mm. uh but also has a story that feels like it's the right tone and size for the big screen. I think the upcoming challenge for lots of uh, genre stuff is going to be, well, why is it a movie? It, 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 the, instead of a Disney Plus show. And this right. narrative is happening already right now with Eternals. Uh, right. I saw Eternals this weekend. I really enjoyed it. I think uh, my wife and I are going to be discussing it on my uh, other podcast, Obsessed. But it's got a lot of characters. So Mm -hmm. I've already started to see the think pieces bubbling up of this should have been a Disney Plus show. Right. So that conversation of what belongs on the big screen versus, hey, if we like these characters and there are too many of them, shouldn't we have had just more time to spend with them on the small screen? Right. That is such a challenge for what the next Star Wars movie is.
2: It's a big challenge. And I agree with a lot of ways. Like I, I still would, you know, if Solo had been a series and I'd have to hear less complaints about that movie because <laughs> I'd be <laughs> real excited. I also think and, and, and I, I think, well, I don't want to say you'd agree because it's uh, somewhat salty on my end of like, I think I hear that complaint sometimes. though it should have been a series. And I hear it from people who just don't want to engage with what's actually in the movie. <laughs> A little bit. It's a built in excuse. Uh, I didn't I couldn't get understand the characters. Eh, Sometimes you can do that one or two lines. I do understand the need for wanting more. Um, But anyways, you said something real early and I think you just kind of tied back into it now of of this idea of but what is going to get people to leave their house? We have that is something you have to be concerned about. And uh, you know, old Republic era versus it's a fighter pilot story. I'm I'm so excited for the idea of what Rogue Squadron could have been, but I, I could see that factoring into some decision making going forward too. Not to take anything away from anything Taika Waititi's working on, uh, whatever Feige's working on, and uh, other nineteen films we don't know yet. Um, something about uh, you know, Lucasfilm logo slides, uh, and, and then up pops uh, the old Republic logo. <sighs> you know, that, that's a pack up the kids, we're grabbing popcorn and going in type of thing.
3: Yeah, yeah, and they're looking at, you know, who knows exactly what the entertainment and the box office reporting world will be like by December of 2023, if that's when yeah. the next movie is. But, you know, Star Wars already had this thing of the expectations for it are so high in terms of the opening weekend numbers, right? Mm-hmm. And the doom and the gloom and the this movie is is not good, Uh, even if it gets good reviews will set in immediately. If it doesn't hit a huge uh, opening weekend number, it doesn't have the elbow room. This is part of what's amazing about MCU is yeah, a bigger return is expected, but that those estimates are open to the idea of, okay, MCU is trying something a little new, you know, Mm. I always remember that Ant-Man was heralded as a shocking success at just under 60 million opening weekend. right. And I, I don't, I think it would be really hard for Lucasfilm to go, you know what? We're just doing a weird little experimental film. Mm-hmm. Don't expect it to make 200 million. Uh, I I don't know how they can, uh, you know, get that expectation there. So that yeah. there's also this pressure for it to be a, a opening weekend blockbuster.
2: Yeah. Oh, man. It's been, you know, it's funny. It's been a while since we've had these kind of discussions, huh? It's, <laughs> it kind, of it's it kind of fun.
3: It is. It
2: is. Those, those in fact funny going back to the earlier episodes of force Inter that i've been poking through this weekend of uh, doing those speculations and what will ryan's trilogy be who knows maybe this is it maybe he's like i lied and told you all i was shooting a second to uh, knives out no it was the <laughs> old republic no i'm kidding but um who knows it is kind of fun the great unknown and with the the friday uh, disney plus day uh A.K.A. Investor Day secretly part two. Uh, it's all an exciting time to maybe get some big announcements and maybe some challenging announcements and maybe some announcements that uh, just amount to a, a hill of beans, though I do love beans. So uh, I love
3: I love this news that you just broke that Daniel Craig is playing uh, the well-known Star Wars detective character Tan Devo from the Clone Wars <laughs> on the big screen. In Ryan Johnson's yep. Vibro Blades, out. You, you, you cracked it wide open.
2: I did it. Run with it. I'm the source. I'm the source, for everybody. A friend told me. A friend told me. So, uh, any final thoughts on this big story, Joseph, that we could say is probably still in development?
3: No, I mean, it's this is a part of being a Star Wars fan up to a point of there's the adventure on screen and then there's the adventure behind the screen. And (laughs) this is a big adventure behind the screen.
2: It is. It is. And speaking of more behind the scenes adventures, one of the stories that came out last week from Josh Horowitz, Happy, Sad, Confused podcast is uh, Matt Smith. Hey, you know him? Doctor Who guy. He was he was in that Doctor Who. Uh, Joseph, (laughs) ever seen that show? He
3: sure was the 10th <laughs> doctor.
2: Yes. tenth doctor. He confirmed I'm his, I no,
3: the 11th doctor. Eleventh What's o- wrong with me?
2: Oh, well, you've lost the trivia contest. You're out. I, You're have, out. I have, I have. Yeah. And a thousand uh, tweet, tweet mentions went up in the, uh, in the sky.
3: Hopefully, I corrected myself so fast that only <laughs> one character was typed on the tweet correcting me.
2: Uh, Matt Smith confirmed his near involvement in Episode 9, The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, the uh, Doctor Who vet and House of the Dragon Star, that's coming still there, uh, confirmed that with Josh Horowitz that he'd been approached. Uh, To be in Rise of Skywalker, though we only had a few meetings, no costume tests. So it seems more than just a conversation at a coffee shop and maybe, hey, this is something we're looking to do. But uh, I gather from that it was in the early days, but we can come back to that. Uh, I'll get all this out of here and we'll dive in. He described the role as a big thing, transformative Star Wars story detail and a pretty groovy thing. I'm taking those from three separate quotes there. Uh, He also said the role became obsolete as the movie continued to be developed. Uh, and he, of course, wouldn't say more about uh, the role, but uh, there was some Internet rumor mills spinning up this week saying that the role was a possible younger version of Palpatine, uh, maybe even specifically after he absorbed Ray and Ben's energy. Saw that going around from a lot of spots there. So, Joseph, there's a lot to discuss. <laughs> and anytime it's Palpatine, our little Force Center uh, sirens go awooga awooga because <laughs> we love discussing all things Sheev. So, first of all, what do you think of this confirmation in general at this point in time?
3: Yeah, I think this is really great because in the interview uh, section that I watched, which is just the Star Wars thing, uh, Matt Smith was uh, was charming as always. And I, I like that there was some clarity. Obviously, he said the really fascinating stuff about it, it was a, a groovy role, a transformative role. We'll talk about that. But he also really clarified, uh, I believe he was asked pretty directly of like, well, did you shoot anything? Did you do a costume test? And he's like, no, no, it was just a couple meetings. And I went back and I looked at some of the uh, various uh, reporting of the rumors uh, back in the day, I believe the original uh, Matt Smith has been cast was a Mm. variety on August 28th, 2018. Uh, And then the, there was some more, you know, reporting that, Oh, he actually did film stuff, but it wasn't used or all that. So nice at least to have uh, some clarity on, you know, if, if we believe Matt Smith, (laughs) the human involved, he didn't ever shoot anything. So I like that clarity. And then everything else is just kind of fun. What ifs to me.
2: Yeah. Wonderful. What ifs? And yeah, addressing the actual story and, and back, uh, back during that time. Yeah. I, I had another job and there were some people were absolutely convinced that he was uh, lying about his involvement and, uh, you know, it came from variety. That's, that's, again, that's not some random Twitter thing there, whether that random Twitter thing is completely accurate or not, uh, uh, notwithstanding, um, some meat on that bone as well. And uh, I I, I kind of just in terms of the confirmation, I do kind of like hearing it, just thinking like, OK, maybe we all weren't crazy. Your name was definitely mentioned at one point. <laughs> uh, and then it's also a reminder of things constantly in development that, uh, hey, this is early on. What would you think? This is good. You're interested. OK. Hey, by the way, we thought about it and it, uh, it didn't work. So let's get to those what ifs. It could be younger Palpatine, uh, new robe Palpatine, or it could be something completely <laughs> different. Who knows? What do you think about all these what ifs?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, it, it is obviously conjecture. I think m- maybe, um, you know, it could be decent conjecture uh, that he was set to play young Palpatine either in a flashback or I can see the idea. This is absolute conjecture. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, if somebody has a solid source for it, I'm not aware of it. Uh, but yeah, if there was initially a thought of, hey, we got Ian McDermott uh, hanging there. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. a beautiful Clarm. Uh, he steals the power of the Dyad, and he fully refurbishes himself back to, to young Palpatine. And maybe initially the fight is this big, cool, three-way lightsaber fight between young Palpatine and uh, Ray and Ben. Like, maybe there was an idea of let's do that in a decision not to. Mm. Um, yeah. it, maybe Matt Smith is being cheeky with the word it was transformative. <laughs> yeah. You know, Um I think... That's a and, and for me, that is a really fascinating what if. And in my personal opinion and my personal taste, if if that was the plan, I'm really happy they didn't do it. Um, I know some some fans, even some of our listeners, wanted a, a bigger Palpatine action scene. Yeah. But for me, at the last moments mm. <laughs> of Palpatine to shift away from Ian McDermott. Uh, wouldn't have, uh, that would not have been my first choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also like that that battle isn't about who can do the most flips, right? Mm-hmm. I like that, that the sort of the battle between Ray and Palpatine is so pared down. It is so, uh, like, v- to me, visually clear of the beats are his hatred is shooting out into the galaxy and, you know, hurting people. And Ray finds the strength to rise and do exactly what a Jedi should do in their most pure form is step in between the hatred and the suffering and the people mm-hmm. to selflessly block the hate. And just the simplicity of that battle combined with the fact that you're staying with McDermott, to me, that really works beautifully. Mm-hmm. And I 100% understand and agree that there are a ton of people who, Who disagree with that (laughs) and i respect your opinion i'm sharing mine uh but i can see some people going like oh no it it was it was it would have been a a big (laughs) you know phantom menace part two three-way lightsaber fight
2: yeah um yeah 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 so for my money like i hear that and i you know and I, i gotta say like okay i'm listening i'm intrigued okay Let's, what would this do? What would this be? And as always, we love to ask uh, why, why, why uh, would that work? And I'm sure maybe they could come, come up with something. I, and if they had gone forward with it, I I, I would have to trust uh, that they, they, they had a reason why. And, but I'm like you that when I watched that film at the end, and other than just come on, yeah, I want to see McDermott doing it. <laughs> You know, yeah, uh, and and it just has more meaning coming from that version of the emperor. I understand it might be the character of Palpatine saying the same lines, but if it's any other performer saying anything to Ray about my granddaughter, anything, it carries a little less weight for me, uh, and 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 becomes more uh, more about a you know a threat. Oh, Palpatine's younger; he's going to live forever. We can't have you know that. I I like. The Palpatine, we know who represents everything we fear, um, combined with what you're talking about with Ray and Ray's journey. And there's no other force ghost around her. There's no one else help- helping her. It is her journey, her sacrifice, her finding hope within the fear, her choosing the light over the dark, love over hate. I, that's what it's about. And that's, uh, I, I think it would have in the end. As only I could dream it up because we don't actually see it, I think it would have distracted. Again, I'm listening. You've got me intrigued. There's something about that. <laughs> only because maybe uh, young Palpatine uh, burns them all is a Disney Plus series I might still want to see. <laughs> and that could have got me thinking about it. So I'm, I'm not tossing it out. But like a lot of things, even with some of the other scripts we saw for this, episode nine, all right, you got me. You got my attention. There's some things I like. Battle of Corset. Let's talk about it. But then at the end of the day, there's some things that I think go against the core of Star Wars and the core Of uh, what the movie was telling us. So yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think I'm with you on that. I would have yeah. loved seeing some concept art. Maybe we still see that one. <laughs> maybe we'll see some concept art for sure. Or they
3: could just, you know, uh, release the meeting that I'm sure they recorded. And that would be fine. Add some Star Wars music to it and, you know, a lightsaber in Matt Smith's hand as he <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sips his tea or whatever he had at the meeting. Um, yeah, I mean, I think there's also the possibility of maybe there is some twist in in, in a draft of the script uh, that we don't know about. Maybe, uh, maybe there are more substantive scenes with uh, Ray's father because I could also see him. Uh, playing Ray's father. Um I understand everything he's saying with the like uh it was a big thing. It was a big story detail, transformative star de- uh Star Wars story yes. detail. Really either he's being cheeky <laughs> yes. or he wasn't like, oh yeah, no, I was another uh first order officer, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So I generally think a, a a big thing. Uh a a fun thing for me just as a is a big Doctor Who fan is obviously I would love to see Matt Smith in it. But I Ironically think his co-star from Doctor Who Arthur Darville would mm. make such a great young Palpatine. <laughs> oh. So I would be happy to see a Disney Plus show that's young Palpatine either Matt Smith or Arthur Darville.
2: Okay, I'm looking up Arthur I'm not familiar. Okay, I just on image alone. Yeah, I like that. Okay. Yeah. There you go.
3: yeah. Had to throw that out there for for my uh, the listeners here who
2: are are Doctor Who fans and Star Wars fans. Fantasy casting indeed. Uh, all right, well that's uh, yeah that's our look at that. I, there's not much more I have to say than that other than uh, it could have been interesting. It's interesting to go back and hear on a day we're talking about rumors and news and little sprinklings of information coming out going back to uh, that in 2018, 2019 when um, Matt Smith and Rise of Skywalker was a thing. Uh, we yeah, Vince for a while it was true. I love I do love yeah. getting a little perspective.
3: Yeah, I, th- I think for me, my final thing is this is uh, this story is one of those for me real Qui Gon. Uh, your focus determines your reality, right? <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
3: uh, I think it's easy for a story like this, you know, for people who who didn't like Rise of Skywalker to to you know can get really excited about uh, you know what was behind door number two. Yeah, um, and you know, that that's totally understandable. For me, that the whole your focus determines your reality. When I read this story, I'm like, ooh, curious. Uh, that that might have been interesting. Yeah. The thing that I choose to focus on is that Matt Smith says he's still interested in being in Star Wars. And honestly, I would much rather have Matt Smith star in the old Republic film as a brand new character yeah. uh, than play young Palpatine for three and a half minutes. I yeah. I focus on the positive of I want to see Matt Smith in Star Wars in a large, significant role. That's his own.
2: Yeah, I, that's actually a, a really good uh, point. Uh, uh, so we'll see. And look, you know, he is he is Damon Targaryen. Uh, he's going to get a lot of screen time in House of the Dragon. So, uh, if Matt Smith fans will concentrate on that, and then maybe he'll be um, Sheev Palpatine's great 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 grandfather in some other show. <laughs> exactly. There you go. Well, hey, what we thought was going to be a lighter news day turned into a long, robust discussion of Star Wars rumors, behind the scenes talk. And of course, as always, we'll update you. And yes, uh, coming towards uh, the weekend here uh, where uh, this Disney Plus Day, uh, we are going to be having some Force Center coverage released. On uh, Friday, Saturday, throughout the weekend, so stay tuned for that as uh, it is a week of Star Wars news. Before we get to your questions, we're going to do our Force Center Recommends, an audiobook we think you should try out on us. Joseph, what do we have today?
3: We are still recommending Ronin by Emma Miko candon If you enjoyed uh, Star Wars Visions, this is inspired by one of the shorts, of The Duel, so if you're interested in that, check it out
2: check it out indeed. Download your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash 4Center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash 4Center for your free audiobook. We're going to take a break on the other side. Your questions here on Force. center Welcome back to Force Center, the big show, the main show, the superstar destroyer of our fleet episode 373 in an ongoing series. And part of that series is taking your questions. Joseph, what do we have today?
3: Yeah, we got two questions from Twitter and two from our patrons on Patreon. As always, our first uh, Twitter question actually lines up with all the big news of the day and the upcoming news later this week. It's from Nick Field. Uh, Nick says, with Disney Plus Day approaching do you think we'll hear about any of the Schrodinger's Lothcat Cat Star Wars projects? (laughs) Those officially announced movies and shows we haven't heard much of since, uh, I believe since their announcement. Uh, Ryan Johnson trilogy, Taika movie, Lando series, Rangers of the New Republic uh, are the examples that Nick lists. This is a a, a great question is Disney plus day is this uh, upcoming Friday. And uh, there's a lot of uh, rumbles that there's going to be some new announcements and some, uh, maybe some sizzle reels for some of the projects that are coming very soon. So what do you think, Ken? Do you think that we're going to hear about any of these uh,
2: long lost projects? <laughs> um, Yeah. For, yeah. And it's the purpose of Friday is something that I'm thinking about, too. It's like we keep saying it. Uh, I joke and call it Inve- Investor Day, but really it's not. It's Disney Plus Day. So are we thinking that any of this is going to be, you know, the Ryan Johnson trilogy exclusive on Disney Plus? And I, I would think no. So that factors in some of my thoughts, too. So because of that, look, I'm, I'm just of the opinion now that I just don't think there is such a thing as a Ryan Johnson trilogy that will ever come out uh, okay. uh, at this point. I have no reason to I'm not pointing anything. I just I don't know. Right. All jokes aside, like I would love it. I'd be here for it. I just think maybe the ship has left the port. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I don't know. We'll see. So I'm going to say no on that. I, just, I'm, I feel like I'm a bookie here. Uh, Taika Waititi, maybe, but again, I'm not thinking, I'm not expecting theatrical uh, news. Lando, I wish. Lando, I really would like to go, go in a little bit more on, uh, like an update. I, I just, I'm still excited about the the possibility of that series happening and existing. So I'd, I think it's just a wish. And the Rangers of the New Republic, I'm a, in the camp as well that, uh, no, I, don't, I think that's a no-go. Uh, I know there were some of those stories a while ago. Uh, I just I just, I, you know, once you started digging into some of the stuff, uh, even beyond uh, one particular actor in, you know, in the series or not outside of that, there's enough, I think, um, smoke to to just uh, show that the, the fire actually wasn't there. <laughs> Uh, for Rangers of the Republic, that was a weird example. Just imagine a campfire going out. That's what I think of. <laughs> so that's that's my thing. Ryan, no. Tyka, maybe, but no. Lando, I wish and Rangers, no. So I don't know what's going to happen on Friday.
3: <laughs> oh, I wish we had a longer list because it's really fun to just hear you list your uh, your bets <laughs> and pull that sheet and hand it over to the person behind the screen with the <laughs> visor. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. This is star total Star Wars bookie day. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I think, you know, Disney plus day is this new thing they're doing that is the second anniversary of Disney plus. And I think the absolute focus of that is uh, make it unthinkable for current subscribers to drop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think the main goal is add new subscribers, get those of us who are invested and excited uh to be doing podcasts about it and talking mm-hmm. about it which, which you are going to because we're fans of the actual stories the actual characters the actual creators um but i think the overall effect of it is somebody who's kind of on the fence and you know uh maybe watch mandalorian season one but it hasn't re-upped to go wait a minute uh look at this kenobi thing that's everywhere i, I like that rogue one i guess i gotta check that. and they got all these marvel shows too. like i think that's the point. So I I agree with you. I don't think that we're going to hear anything about the Taika movie. Mm -hmm. I don't think we're going to hear anything about that until the dust settles from whatever the transition is with uh, Rogue Squadron. Uh, So I don't think we're going to hear about that for a little while. Um, I'll come back to Ryan Johnson. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think Lando is a slim possibility, right? Mm -hmm. I think it's just a matter of, do they have more details locked down behind the scenes? Because I think if they do, they will share them as soon as possible, right? If they have a new thing to say, a new confirmed involvement, uh, Mm that they will absolutely share that. I think Lando is a character that they have every reason to be excited, uh, to share. So Mm -hmm. I, I, I think that's totally down to, is there anything to say? (laughs) If there is, I think they'll, they'll say it, even if it's just a small thing. I think Rangers of the new Republic is one of the most fascinating things because I think it's either retooled is a Carson Teva project or it will simply quietly fade away it is one of those two things I, I think it really does come down to uh this is also reading the tea leaves right of mm-hmm. how much was that a like hey yeah no that would be fun we could we could explore this mandoverse building and that story we want to tell uh mm-hmm. definitely got teed up in mandalorian season two with carson teva being like there's more going on with the empire out here yeah. so if there is a sincere desire to tell that side of the story, I think that show will get retooled and it'll be out there. Or it'll be like, mm, did what? who said Rangers of the New Republic? <laughs> and it will quietly fade away. And uh, uh, I think, I, I kind of think we won't hear anything about it because yeah. when there's so much to highlight, right? Kenobi and Andor are right around the corner. Uh, Bad Batch season two, uh, obviously a lot is going into Book of Boba Fett. Uh, Mandalorian season three, I, I think, you know, why? Would you bring up a more complex project?
2: Yeah, yeah. Look, I'm I'm someone who the concept of what Rachel's new public could be um, mm-hmm. excites me. It, it, it's Carson Teva, you know, I lo- I'm there for that. Iden Versio, if hey, running around like any of those characters, I'm I I was excited, I could be still excited, but I I agree with what you're saying there. It'll just fade away, like when I one time launched a baseball podcast and realized I was too busy to do it. I don't know what you're all talking about. That didn't exist. It's you just know that that's. That's so great because podcasters do
3: that all the time, right? Uh, YouTubers, we're launching a new show. Oh, we realized we either didn't work. It doesn't fit into our schedule and it just quietly goes away. I'm glad to see the streaming services embracing the model of podcasts <laughs> where you introduce a new show and then it quietly fades away. That's yeah. hilarious. Uh, yeah,
2: cool. and I would love, like, yeah, Billy D, Donald Glover come out. Hey, we're both playing Lando and the upcoming... Great, but um, you uh, you said you wanted to come back to Ryan Johnson, sir. I'm uh, giving you the chance to come back to Ryan Johnson here.
3: Yeah, no, I think I think th- this is now such a dated reference, but mm-hmm. I think the Ryan Johnson trilogy is uh, the new uh, Guns and Roses Chinese Democracy. Uh, That's Bulu-Hoop. a dated it's- reference. Oh. I think so. I mean, the, the actual uh, album is now actually been out for over 10 years.
2: <laughs> the album's been out longer than the joke about it not being out. Is it?
3: <laughs> it we're, we're getting pretty close to where it's even. But yeah, for, for yeah. anybody who's like, what are you talking about? Are you making a political statement? No, it's a Guns N' Roses album. Uh, it was just Axl Rose worked on this forever. Uh, you know, depending on different things you read, it was um, artistic, uh, you know, struggles, uh, making the decision to make it different financial battles of he had uh, you know owed money to this pe- people and told the record company to put it out then I remember but it got to that point where it was announced and then you'd hear nothing about it but then a song would leak and it, it was this album that was always going to come out and then people were just shocked when it did <laughs> mm-hmm. eventually much 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 later than anybody ever expected right yeah. uh so i don't know the ryan johnson trilogy feels like that to me because I kind of think the things that have been said are above board that they asked him. He's excited. He started to dig into it a little bit, make some plans. Uh, other things happened with Lucasfilm. They they weren't ready to tee it up and give it a release date. He's got this great deal with Netflix. Like, Go make your uh, awesome detective movies <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> for a while. Have fun. Uh, that I feel like it's it's just sitting there on a the shelf. And any time that Lucasfilm wants to say, hey, take that off the shelf, they will.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I still think it's one of history's great consolation prizes for losing out on nine. And uh, a lot of times when you get that consolation prize at the office Christmas party, you, you trade it for something else you, <laughs> you want to <something> do more. <laughs> uh, and I guess I'm still a fan of, of Ryan overall fan of last Jedi. Obviously if it happens, it happens. I'm just kind of in a Zen spot, I guess it's like me and my finances one day it'll work out. Maybe.
3: <laughs> yep. I, I am in, in the same boat. I think, you know, Maybe someday. Um, I don't think it's dead, uh, but I don't think it's live either, much like Nick's great uh, Schrodinger's cat joke. <laughs> so those are our bookie predictions and wild opinions. We'll move on to our next question from yes. Jacob the Hodge. Uh, Jacob says, with the news of Hayden coming back to the screen as Anakin in the Ahsoka series, possibly as a Force Spirit, I began thinking of the possibility of Ewan McGregor portraying a younger version of Obi-Wan in Force Spirit form. What do you guys think? Uh, Ken, what do you think about this, about uh, Ewan as a Force ghost, uh, Obi-Wan, given that uh, we've all spent a lot of quality time with the Alec Guinness uh, Force spirit of Obi-Wan Kenobi?
2: Yeah, so similar to the the Matt Smith's young Palpatine thought or rumor, like, I'm intrigued, you've you've stopped me in my tracks and and I want to hear more, I, I really am. Uh, the Kenobi-Ahsoka relationship is obviously uh, a little bit different than the Anakin-Ahsoka one, but they have one. They're there. They're they're present clearly in each each, each other's lives and have a lot they could discuss at some point in time. So uh, you could present it in a way that would pull me in. Now it gets into that kind of lore canon question of, uh, you know, w- when you become a force spirit, w- you know, what image are you projecting? And young Anakin, older, older o- Yoda and Obi-Wan there. And uh, I often don't get too lost in those weeds, but I think about that one there a lot, but you could clearly do it in a way now with technology where it could be some kind of combination of it all. It could be you and being Alec Guinness, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, and, and their way you could, you could present it in some way. Uh, would not mess uh, with the end of return of the Jedi in any way, shape or form. And it would also be breaking new uh, technological, uh, you know, uh, boundaries and, and, and levels of, uh, uh, which is part of a, a Star Wars tradition in its own way. So, but just the idea of Obi-Wan and Ahsoka having any kind of conversation, uh, Force bit or otherwise, in that series, I'm I'm intrigued with that alone, Joseph.
3: Yeah, in terms of the, uh, could Ahsoka and Obi-Wan speak, could, could Obi-Wan uh, speak from within the Force to Ahsoka, that's really intriguing to me and great. I think, and there's lots of different ways to do that, right? Between... Yeah. The the many different voice actors who've done a great job of doing Alec Guinness the Force Spirit era, um, uh, Obi Wan or or just you know Ewan doing that um, as a voice. Mm-hmm. Once you get into the uh, physical appearance, I do think it gets uh, kind of complicated. Um, yeah, obviously, I have no idea how Alec Guinness's relatives or estate feel about any attempt. Yep. to recreate him giving some of his e- extremely strong feelings about Star Wars uh, there's a possibility that I think that's a big no yeah <laughs> uh and then there is for me the um you know Lucas made the big change uh, uh of Anakin from uh, uh Sebastian Shaw the older uh, kindly man to to young Hayden Christensen uh, with uh, that everybody had a relationship with uh particularly people who grew up with the prequels. Um, and I believe Lucas has said like, yeah, no, he, he, that's, that's when he was last Jedi, so he appears like that, right? Right. Um, so there, there's some wiggle room always with force spirits. So I think I would be interested in Ewan McGregor era, Obi-Wan appearing to somebody like Ahsoka, if there was a narrative or spiritual reason, if right. it was the idea that he is appearing to Ahsoka as she knew him. Because mm. I do yeah. like the idea of like we were just sort of reconstructing. <laughs> uh, there's a great description of uh, of Qui Gon uh, mm-hmm. kind of pulling himself mm-hmm. back into a a form that Obi Wan would recognize to speak with him in that from a certain point of view, uh, right. story in the New Hope book, and, and I really love that idea. So I could I could possibly get behind if it was if it was done well, which I trust it would be,
2: yeah.
3: of uh, of Ewan McGregor era Obi Wan appearing to Ahsoka because that is how. She knows him, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I could be in with that um, if that's how she remembered him. Uh, but, yeah, I think I'm ultimately more interested in I, I'd be fine with just a voice because I'm ultimately more interested in just the relationship. Than, uh I, I feel incredibly lucky and satiated that Ewan McGregor is going to be playing Obi-Wan in the flesh mm-hmm. <laughs> in his own show. So I don't super need to see him in spirit form.
2: Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, I'm right there with you on that.
3: Yeah, great question, Jacob. Uh, we're going to move on to our patrons from Patreon. Uh, this comes to us from Will Dixon. Uh, this is a uh, a response to something that we've discussed a couple times mm. on Four Center. Uh, we got so many great questions on from patrons on Patreon the last time I put out a call that uh, sometimes when they're referring to something we said recently, it is something we said months ago Hmm. (laughs) Uh, so that's the deal with will's story it is a little bit of a longer story which we embrace to set up the question so uh, buckle up sit back and enjoy here we go recently there was a 4 center discussion that touched on the ease with which star wars fans embrace the villains and the curious fact that not only do we love them but we also use them as sources of comfort along with the heroes darth vader bedsheets darth blanket Hmm. sith plushies backpacks and lunch boxes promoting genocidal evildoers a kylo ren bike uh all great examples from will will continues i was thinking how curious this phenomenon is when i realized i had done it too my son started at a new school in the move from pre-k to kindergarten he was anxious about it and was having a lot of trouble adjusting in the beginning so i was scrambling for an idea that would give him some comfort i decided i would give him some sort of item to take with him daily so he could feel connected to us when he needed to. Collectors will probably want my head for this, but I took the commemorative coins that had come with my Darth Malak and Darth Revan figures from Knights of the Old Republic and let him pick one each morning. He would take one to school, and I would take the other one to work. That way, if he was feeling anxious, he could reach into his pocket and tightly grip the Sith Lord of his choice (laughs) and know that his father was out there with the other Sith Lord, and that they were connected. This worked like a charm. My wife was impressed with my quick thinking. I was relieved that it did the trick, and I owe it all to the supreme evil in the universe for coming through as a source of comfort to a kindergartner in need. We kept this tradition going until he no longer needed the crutch, but I'm sure I'll give him one when he heads off to college someday. I suppose in my head I was just thinking... A Star Wars item will do without truly considering which Star Wars item. So do you think it's as simple as that? If the item says Star Wars, then it's the overall feeling generated by a relationship to the saga and not necessarily the particulars of what the character is doing, the representing. I mean, clearly, my then five-year-old was not frightened by the bad guys at all, and I did not hesitate to place notions of faith, trust, love, and connection in the hands of Darth Moloch and Revan what the hell <laughs> well-written uh story yeah. uh and and just a, a great real life insight into an actual uh, parenting experience uh where comfort comes from the dark side so let's get into this ken what are your thoughts uh, on this story and, and how it represents this interesting relationship that we have with comfort and evil when it comes to star wars
2: look okay, um, um. I'm qualified to talk about this one because I'm known for wearing that Imperial Insignia baseball cap. Uh, <laughs> and, and I talked recently on the show how I finally switched that. I still own it, wear it occasionally, but for the most part, including on stand-up uh, comedy appearances on stage, I wear uh, the one with the Rebel Insignia now, and, and we talked a little bit about that change. We can come back to that in a second. So uh, I, I think there, there's something to that, and also my collection of, of uh, Star Wars figures uh, is – Ripe with just uh, a ton of uh, 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 Vader figures mm-hmm. hanging on the vines. You can just pluck them. <laughs> uh, and that was even during an era where I wasn't watching and, and talking about Star Wars, certainly professionally, but also uh, not collecting as much. But if I was in a store and I swung by and there was a new Vader from like 05 or 07 or 2010 or 11, I bought it. I have a ton of them because I like Vader in a way, right? Um, mm-hmm. And there's so there's some great comfort in that of just what Star Wars means, and I think Will's talking about there. I'm fascinated by someone using the essentially the rule of two to comfort a child. <laughs> and look, if it works, it works because I think we will eventually, if 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 uh, Will's son stays with Star Wars, uh, and, and and carries around and collects. Um, um, and collects, like, you know, if if, if, if Will's kid is like 25, is like, oh, I collect Revan and Mallet because my dad did this. I, I still think that is great value. Um, but I think he would grow to learn the lessons around it. And I think that's something you and I would talk about, even talked about up top of the show. Like, I don't wear that Imperial insignia because it might represent things in the real world to, to people now that would question me on it. Uh, mm-hmm. Where in the old days, uh, and, and you had brought it up when I first mentioned on the podcast stuff, like in the old days, that just meant you like Star Wars. Uh, and that's still... I don't align myself with the Empire, but I just like Star Wars and thought the Empire had the cooler toys. And at one point, I just Star Wars uh, uh, asked me to step forward and grow a little bit. And I I think of Carl Weathers in that special. Uh, I love uh, when he talks about how the thing Star Wars was telling me in my 20s that I probably needed to hear. I, I didn't hear and I wasn't ready yet. And Star Wars is always kind of there for you. And I think this is kind of that example of this is a great story, Will. And uh, yeah, it's okay to take comfort in that because eventually, maybe you'll you'll take comfort in other things in Star Wars.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I, I really agree with everything you're saying, Ken, and the journey you went on with your your cap.
2: Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh,
3: but this story from Will is so great because I, I think it is, especially for for the age of a kindergartner. I think it is in some ways as direct as what will is suggesting that even the bad guys it doesn't matter if it's you know uh ray or you know uh uh, 2bb2 (laughs) or uh, vader or palpatine uh it's this idea of getting comfort from something that's a symbol of star wars even the bad guys are a symbol of star wars particularly when you're young you know they're just a symbol of something fun and exciting and otherworldly and you know uh I don't have a ton of uh, I'm not a parent um Mm -hmm. and I have not been a child for a very long time maybe some would debate me on this emotionally (laughs) uh but you know when I went to school I remember feeling that like the real world felt could feel uh harsh and cold and boring and scary. And then when I could go home and I could look at trading cards or a storybook or a board game with Star Wars, it was like this, it's, there, there's something fun and exciting and otherworldly. And, and it, you know, it fired my imagination and I, I felt better, you know, mm-hmm. I just felt better uh, when I was looking at and thinking about Star Wars. Uh, and I was, I even had some times as a kid where I was frightened of Darth Vader, where we'd go to a Star Wars thing and I'd be like, I want to go, but is Darth Vader going to be there? <laughs> like I was, I was scared. Uh But I got, but if, if uh, my dad had said, here, I drew you a Darth Vader picture, kept, keep it folded in your pocket. It would have absolutely had the same effect that, that Will is describing. It would have been comfort, not fear, even though I was scared of him. (laughs) Right. Um, and there is, we've talked about this. I've asked different parents about it, uh, on podcasts, off of podcasts. Star Wars has this, this magic where the, the, even the very evil characters are kind of safe, um, we could be scared of them in the story. We can analyze them and say, "Let's not." When, once you get to be a, an adult, <laughs> or even a teen, don't align, align with them philosophically. They're they're the bad guys for a reason. Um, but there's a it, they're just a safe place to play, and and sometimes wonder if the ease of that is because of this weird tension of what Star Wars is. Uh, we've been talking about this a lot. It, it, Star Wars is both like very deep and mythic it's didactic George Lucas means it to teach you things he wants you and he has said in interviews Darth Vader's story is sad you should not want to be Darth Vader you should not disappear into the fantasy that your anger gives you power it will just leave you alone and sad right it's a (laughs) deep mythic side but then it's also Star Wars it's so important to Star Wars that it's fun and silly too right um I have a ton of Palpatine stuff and I love Palpatine. And from a moral perspective, he is the lesson of what absolutely not to be. He's a cruel, scary monster who does horrific things, who says scary things. You know, you are, you like your father are now mine. It's scary. But the way he's presented, he's also like this scenery chewing <laughs> evil wizard from a British panto. He's delightfully over the top mm-hmm. at the same time. And I think that balance maybe give some safety to the bad guys of even when like Darth Moloch and Darth Revan, they're like, they're cool, bad. Right. Yeah. Uh, they're awesome. Uh, but they're also within this world that is so fantastic and has such a sense of fun to it that it softens it a little bit.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, who doesn't take joy at, a, at Palpatine in your pocket, you know, <laughs> Palpatine figure in your jacket gets you through a business meeting. Absolutely.
3: I'm going to go around next uh, stressful thing I have to do in the world I may have a yeah. palpatine in my pocket. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. No, yeah. Well, well said stuff there. I, I I yeah, taking it all in here and and uh you know, I, I think uh, you know, Will, uh, it well it it could be worse than your son taking solace in, in Sith. Uh, you, you could be dealing with what Jennifer Landa has dealt with where uh, her older daughter loves Jar Jar, where that challenged Jen <laughs> <She> made for <her laughs> pro as a Star Wars fan. Jar Jar, never one of her favorite characters, loves Ahmed Best, loves Woody, uh, his story. But that was, uh, you know, she had a moment with that. She talked about it on the show. She's talked about it on Twitter and TikTok. So, uh, you know, could be that. Could be a character that challenges you. And maybe that's a good thing. I don't know.
3: Yeah, absolutely, and I I think for me at the end of the day, as long as as people you know uh do go through some sense of uh, examination when they're when they're older about do I think yeah. <laughs> Darth Vader actually had it right, I would personally be troubled by that. Yeah. Um, but uh beyond that, I just kind of think it's great that Star Wars has this weird special magic where the Bad guys are safe. It's a safe yeah. place for young people to play with the ideas of evil and, uh, and, and have all of their Sith bedsheets. I think
2: that's great and weird. It's, uh, it and, and again, black and red is a, is a, is a nice color scheme. It's a good, you know, you know it, Joseph, you, you, you deploy that color <laughs> scheme a lot. Uh, and I, and I like that too. So it's that's sometimes it, uh, you know, the rebels got some drab camo, sometimes a little different look, a little different look, resistance as well. So hey, sometimes it's that too.
3: That's right. Yes, me and me and Darth Maul shake hands on our general <laughs> color palette uh, for going out in the world for sure, for sure. Great question, great story. Thank you, Will. We'll move on to our final question from Joshua Thorne. Joshua says, if you could show someone who has never seen a Star Wars movie a scene, uh, what would it be? Yeah. That's big. Uh where do you go with this, Ken?
2: This is this is really big. And I saw this question come across, I I decided to put put a couple of choices and go with my gut. I I want to answer the throne room from Return of the Jedi because it's maybe, including with the, you know, intercut with the Battle of Endor and everything that makes it even bigger. But just if you're doing a super cut of the throne room, that's still like my favorite scene and sequence in Star Wars, right? Wow. Yeah. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Joseph, I I think I might show the New Hope Trench Run.
3: (laughs) Wow. That is thrilling. High stakes stuff. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Because there's a lot there, a lot there of, uh, you know, the force and listening to the space ghost in your ear and Han returning, the tension, the excitement. And, uh, you know, if if someone's never seen it and wants to know what Star Wars is about, that might be the scene. Which is interesting because I'm thinking about, uh, there was a random uh, episode I was on of uh, the, the old movie debate show I used to be a part of, but they brought me back as a guest. And I think I debated Dan Merle on this very question, and I defended the throne room, and I think I lost the argument to his trench run choice. So mm. maybe I'm I've learned from that defeat.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that you get into the, like, well, do you want to have spoilers? Because it's the idea to hook people, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, which I guess both the trench run and the throne room are, are spoilers. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I think they're both great ideas. I think the throne room is is really powerful because it is does it speaks about family it's uh, one of the greatest examples of walking to the edge of giving into hate and having the strength to go whoops nope
2: yeah (laughs) you know very powerful uh do you have more no I, i i i just i went to those two i was gonna be cheeky and say the pod race but that's not the answer it's not my answer those are the answers
3: yeah i think for me uh i would the first thing i would do is in this uh, scenario, see if I could ask the person questions first, (laughs) because I would want to understand where they're coming from, you know, and what other things they like and then find the right star Wars scene for that person. Uh, if I couldn't do that and I just had to do it blind, if that was the challenge, uh, I have uh, three options again. Yeah. Uh, I would, uh, try, uh, Obi-Wan's hut of exposition. Um, Mm. I don't think that necessarily works for everyone because maybe it's, you know, getting a little bit dated, all that kind of thing, it just in terms of technology and the look of it, you know, because yeah. I've certainly known people in my life are like, that's old, I won't watch it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if that's their challenge with Star Wars, it's going to be a big challenge. But yeah, that the the scene of of Obi-Wan realizing this kid doesn't even know what the force is, but here are right. the absolute basics. And like, that is the scene that ignited a billion... Imaginations about a lightsaber, right. and that like just that amazing feeling of like, uh, ah, I got to do chores. What? Um, I have a legacy. I have. A, you gave me a cool weapon, and you want me to come with you. Like that's so thrilling. Yeah, that makes you want to go on the adventure.
2: That's good. That's good.
3: Uh, J- Joshua has seen, so I'm cheating here a little bit. Uh, I would might also just try all of uh season one, episode two of The Mandalorian, The Child.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, I mean that's yeah. I mean, look, yeah, I'm, I, I've smudged a little bit with sequence more than even one scene, so I think you're okay there. But yeah,
3: yeah, I think that a, a big power of that is even when when we are you're an all in Star Wars fan and you've seen the first episode, we still don't know Din very well at all. We don't even know it's that's his name, right? And just there's so much about that um, that story that is um, is so relatable about just this guy who thinks his life is going to be one thing and he's having a hell of a time, just like picked up the kid and I'm trying to take him someplace. And then everything changes because yeah. of this kid in this one episode, you know, yeah. that's so powerful. Final one for me is a uh, raise intro in the force awakens.
2: Ooh. Yeah. I like, love that. Yeah.
3: Great. Amazing music. You don't need to know anything about star Wars. Obviously he has more power. If you recognize that's an ad or ATAT.
2: Yeah.
3: um, but you don't need to know anything about Star Wars. You just see somebody kind of going through this drudgery and this, you know, beautiful but also sad place, scraping to get by the, the cool bread. And then you don't need to know what that helmet is to know that's a kid dreaming, right? Yeah. You don't even know need to know what she's waiting for. You know that feeling of marking off days on the wall, what that's about. It's such a beautiful sequence. And I think it's a sequence that makes you go, want to go, what is all of
2: this about? <laughs> yeah. Oh, the music, everything about it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, it had that effect on me <laughs> and really, yeah. watching The Force Awakens.
3: It really did. It really did. So uh, any other thoughts on that one, Ken?
2: Uh, no. Great question, Joshua. Great question. Uh, uh, you know, What is Star Wars? And that answer is, uh, you know, there's a lot to that answer. And sometimes it might be my mood, but love it.
3: Yeah, yeah. Changes a lot over time. Uh, Well, thank you to Joshua, to Will, to Jacob, and to Nick for the questions. That's it for the questions,
2: Ken. That's it for the questions. And that is it for us on this big news edition. Hey, we love having some of these uh, spicy. Uh, hot take news stories to talk about here. Kind of fun. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Four Center Pod. We're on Instagram, YouTube as well. As always, those things are sometimes a little uh, off and on in terms of uh, what we get out there, but don't worry, stuff coming on the way there. Facebook page is Four Center Podcast. Podcast is available in a lot of different spots. Just search. But you can go to the classics like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Amazon Music, and Spotify. Merch is available at tpublic.com slash user slash You can support us directly at patreon.com slash Always uh, love having new Force friends pop in and uh, get into our Discord where you can discuss things like the character of the week. This week's character of the week is Bucket. From Star Wars Resistance. So we're in there talking about that character. Uh, as always, you can find uh, find me at Katnapsock or go to my website, I have upcoming comedy dates. From there, you can listen to my radio show on Mixed called Pop Rockin' Radio and all the other things I've got going on. As always, I'd like to highlight some uh, real world things. Uh, I've been highlighting be the match.org org uh which is uh for if you want to become a bone marrow donor in fact the reason i became one um uh, someone in that uh, family that, that got me to do it on a, on a drive about 15 years ago they actually lost their husband and uh it's kind of all in that it's it can be sad it can be tragic which is why it's important to maybe become a donor so you can be a match with someone and help and change their lives so go to be the for more joseph you
3: yeah, you can find me Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw, and you can check out my website josephscrimshaw.com for links to all the other stuff I do and have done and uh, will do in the future. Uh, that's at Scrimshaw. Dot com And for the thing I'd like to plug, uh, I would like to continue to support uh, ResistBot. It's a service available lots of places, social media. You can just uh, type into the old Google box, ResistBot. And it's a service that helps you write uh, letters to your elected officials at all levels. It's extremely fast. They handle sending everything. So it is a great way for you to let your reps know uh, what is important to you about specific issues of the day. And it it really does make a difference to get uh, those reps hearing from a lot of people. And ResistSpot makes it super fast and super easy. I use it all the time.
2: There you go, folks. There you go. So that's it for this week for the Old Republic, for Matt Smith, for all the rumors that might one day become fact. We'll see you next time here on 4 Center.